It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me, as always, Ed Jordanic, also joining us from MindyNation.com, Mike Coffee. Actually, you know, Ed, from, gonna... from now on, I, I want you to introduce me as the face made for radio. I yeah, there that's, that's who I want to be for, from, from now on. <laughs> you know, I was going to start with you, Ed, but I got to be honest with you. I kind of think, like, maybe we should just be honest with people, and instead of having them listen to us for 20 minutes, they can listen to us for two minutes because Coffee's going to predict the game almost right on. So might as well just ask him what's the, what's the score going to be Saturday, Mike? No, no I, I want to so, keep people around here. I don't. I don't yeah, click off after he was, like about uh, he predicted seconds. Four, he predicted forty-four ten against Navy. So he's off two points. Yeah. Gave too much credit to the to the offense of the opposing team, but then he turned around and predicted fifty-six ten wow. against. Tennessee State. So again, you know, overcompensating on the defense. We might as well just ask him, what are we going to put up? How many points? Um, but in any event, you know, I, I look. I think I'm a firm believer that you, you after the third game, you pretty much know what team you got. And um, although indications are looking pretty good after two games, that wasn't the case last year, though. No, that's true. Yeah, I would agree. Very true. Very true. Um, but I, I will start with you, Ed. Just. I mean, overall, what are you looking for this Saturday? Do you think it's going to be a much tighter game? Do you think maybe we'll face some adversity? We, we'll, maybe we're down at halftime? I mean, what what are you kind of thinking? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we're playing a team with just much better athletes than the first two weeks. Um, I mean, Tennessee State had a few, but, you know, overall, just the, you know, the athletic ability across the board, um, it's just another, it's just another tier. Um, so I think, you know, it may take us a while to get, you know, sort of into the game. Um, but to me, I think the most impressive thing um, offensively that I've seen the first two weeks is um, sort of how organized and relatively disciplined we look for an early season football team anywhere, but especially Notre Dame. I mean, we're kind of used yeah, to, you know, we're kind of used to some motions. We're, you know, we're kind of used to some timeout mangling. We're kind of used to some, you yeah. know, delay of game, uh, uh, situations, um, but they play. Instead, really... they got that down at Baton Rouge now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, they played. They played really cleanly. And besides, you know, the estimate, you know, fumble, and uh, you know, and Hartman sort of, you know, kind of fumbling it out of bounds a little bit on Saturday. I think, you know, they they've taken good care of the ball. I mean, um, and that is critical, especially on the road. Um, momentum is so important. So I think if you, you know, if you kind of hold serve or trade punches, um, you know, for the first half or, a, you know, a quarter and a half, and then start to sort of get your, get your legs about, you get used to the speed of the game. Um, don't give up any big chunk plays, you know, don't let, uh, you know, sort of Armstrong, you know, break away, you know, and get out of the pocket and cause some real damage. You know, I think that, uh, I think we're a better football team, you know, one to 22, and the second half, you know, will belong to uh, will belong to Notre Dame, and you know, should win by two, three touchdowns. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. I I do think we'll face a little bit more adversity. I mean, we 
interestingly, in both games, right from the get-go, it was a little iffy, you know, to start. But, um, Coffee, one of the things I've been kind of impressed with, only because mostly Marcus Freeman has referenced it after both games, but they've made in-game adjustments. In both occasions, he said they saw stuff in the game that they did not see on film and yet made adjustments in the game, which I think is that's the pinnacle of college football. If you can do that and be successful in the game and making adjustments, uh, that's going to bode well for you. And, and further to the point that you made about going into the season and having high expectations, uh, Sam Hartman has delivered. I mean, he's had 12 possessions, 11 of them have ended in a touchdown. So he's clearly a guy that sees the whole field. He's a guy that can execute. And, um, yeah, I think we're facing better athletes this Saturday. But I, I kind of expect Notre Dame to win this. And, and maybe 10, 14 points, 17 points is likely. Well, Ed made an excellent point. The, the, the discipline of this team has been great to watch because discipline is something that is ir- that is not affected by – your opponent, at least not to a great degree. I mean, if you're the kind of person who has, if you're the kind of player that has the discipline to uh, not commit fouls, not uh, like do something that kills a drive, not uh, run a route that's wrong, not execute their block and stuff like that. Everyone is so focused and so just energized. And it's not just the starters. I mean, if you watch the second half, it's not like all of a sudden Tennessee State started actually gaining ground on the reserves. And like when you watch Navy, it's not like all of a sudden Navy started getting things done. The second and third teams are playing just as well as the first team teams are. And in addition to finding the uh, making the adjustments and stuff, I think it gets back to coaching, not only Marcus Freeman, but also all of his assistants who I, I'm I'm hard pressed to look at this team, to look at a unit on this team and say, that's the unit that's really going to kill this season because they're not playing well. I mean, some are playing better than others, obviously, but all of them are really performing at such a high level. Now, granted, against crappy teams, but that's what you're supposed to do against crappy teams. You're supposed to blow them out, and that's what they did. Yeah, yeah and I think that, you know, the surprising thing, um, is that it's been so early in the season for us to see the kind of execution level. I, I honestly can't remember seeing this from Brian Kelly's teams <laughs> this early in the season. I really don't. And, you know, granted, it is two opponents that were not probably there. Um, NC State has got some athletes. I mean, it's going to be a little bit different scenario. But, you know, Ed, you alluded to some of the things that might we think are going to be the strengths that ended up not being and something else shows up. But, you know, the, the running backs has been kind of surprising to me. I, I, you know, before I thought to myself, what in God's name is Logan Diggs transferring for? But now I think I understand. I mean, there is some serious talent at running back that, I mean, it does not drop off much when Estime exits the game. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, I was really, I really liked seeing, uh, I mean, Hartman made a beautiful throw. Uh, I love seeing Tyree get into the game plan and make that touchdown yeah. catch. You know, also, you know, he, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that would have uh, not gotten into the end zone on that play. Um, he, he slithered in there, um, you know, really, really, really nicely. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, 
I think the defensive line has held up pretty well. Um, again, this, this is is a much better measuring stick this Saturday, like you said. Yeah, that, for to sure. Know what, to know what we really have. But what I do, what I do sense is that um, you know all great teams um, are never satisfied. They're seeking that elusive per- perfect game, um, and I think when you have that sort of growth mindset, um, the sky's the limit. Like for instance, you know you can tell that um, that there is you know ongoing competition for those guard spots. For you know, I, it sounds like they're changing the returners on kickoffs. They aren't satisfied with. Yeah, that's probably been the. Yep. If we're going to rank the three, special teams is probably third in terms of how well it's performed so far. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're, they're not, uh, you know, listen, I mean, you know, um, uh, it's going to be a, a, a clear-cut meritocracy with our receivers. Um, you know, Colsey or Merriweather sort of uh, don't make plays or miss a block or step up. They're not going to, they're not going to play <laughs> until, yeah. you know, they show yeah. practice in games that they're worthy of saying, same obviously goes for the freshmen. And so I just kind of like those, those sort of little hints or those little signs of a hungry team um, that is, uh, um, you know, a smart discipline team. Like you said, very few, very few penalties so far, very few silly penalties. Um, you know, that call on, uh, um, um, who got tossed um, Saturday? It was abysmal, and then they didn't even look at yeah. the board. Head. Yeah, and then and then on the kickoff, yeah. they don't even look at that. I mean, it's just yeah, ridiculous. That was, that was garbage. Yeah. How do you line those two plays up and say one's targeting and the other one isn't? Well, I mean, it's kind of watch, like if you watch some college football, the first two weekends, I mean, targeting re- re- remains the utter, you know, ridiculous thing that it's been since the since the rule was introduced. I mean, the referees are confounded. The replay officials are confounded. The coaches don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> you might as well just let people text and decide based on that. Like, yeah, what's the, well, what does college football nation think of this as targeting or not? Yeah, no, it's it's really, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. It'd be, it'd be a joke, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, we're really nitpicking here, right? I mean, you know, we're. we're no, uh, I know. I Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Coffee, I think that, um, and Ed kind of touched on it, I, I Boy, I'd really like to see Mayweather get involved. I just think he's such an extreme talent. We got to give him a chance, and, and maybe it is a confidence thing. Maybe the reason he's kind of blindsided a little bit with his responsibilities is because he hasn't tasted that success yet, which gives you that confidence. But man, to have him as a weapon and get him going, um, it, it's going to add a whole heck of a lot to that receiving core. And I think that's about the only thing up up to this point that I've been a little kind of bummed about is not seeing him involved a little bit more because I think he's that kind of guy. He, he's a game changer if he gets his act together, but mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, you just never know. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I think um, I'm all for giving him some chances. I, I really hope that the, and I, I shouldn't say I hope I'm, I'm sure that the coaching staff is, trying everything to get him untracked and really into uh, just, like you said, the confidence that he's missing because having one more weapon out there on the perimeter is just, you can't have too many weapons on offense, especially when you have a quarterback like Sam Hartman. So getting him involved and just make one more issue that our opponents are going to have to worry about I think uh, I I really really would love to see him get on track on 
Saturday. Yeah, um, at least three or four catches. You know, and um, yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, it's really interesting. I've, you know, I've watched a couple episodes of Hard Knocks now, and what's going on with the Jets is is somewhat analogous to what's going on with Notre Dame. You know, Hartman is uh, um, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, are are veterans. Um, they're the oldest guys on the team, um, and they're developing relationships with young receivers. And, you know, when it comes to these uh, quarterbacks and receivers, it's all about trust. You know, yeah. like yep. um, Rodgers has Randall Cobb, who he's kind of carted around all over, you know, with him. And, and Jaden Thomas is kind of uh, Sam Hartman's current Randall Cobb. You can tell he feels most comfortable uh, with him, that he trusts him probably most, you know, out of the receivers. And, you know, he'll develop that as, you know, I'm not quite sure, maybe, maybe Great House, maybe Merriweather. Maybe Flores is uh, is Sam Hartman's um, Garrett Wilson, but you know there's 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 a little bit of a, a similarity there um, in terms of a veteran uh, quarterback figuring out who he can trust in the big spot, and um, that's where that's where you that's where you really have to see somebody like Merriweather shine because the fact of the matter is is that Sam Hartman's about winning football games. He obviously does not care who he throws the ball to as long as it moves it moves the you know moves it down the field but he's not going to throw it to somebody that he can't trust um yeah. and yep. if, if Merriweather you know starts you know making drops or any of the receivers you know I think that you will see look at look at the only thing coming out of the Navy game was that there wasn't a catch by a tight end well that sure changed on Saturday <laughs> right yeah and I was I was, I was going to give credit to Priester for that because Priester brought that point up and lo and behold I mean hope do they have like six catches in the Tennessee State game? I mean, there's definitely four, but oh yeah. I thought well, mm-hmm. well, I thought was so interesting was is you know you talk about self scouting and tendencies and stuff. You know they they played that last 38 seconds of the first half perfectly because they perfectly they yeah. rolled out the yep. tight end. Yep. You know, they, yep. they own the middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, the clock still stops after first downs in the last two minutes, um, and then the touchdown pass was to the tight end. So yep. you know I think Evans caught two or three on that drive. So that was, that was, you know, that's how you, that's the kind of offense that drives defensive coordinators nuts because there is just, you know, there's some unpredictability to it. Um, there aren't, you know, clear tendencies. And the fact of the matter is, is that if Notre Dame's going to go where we want it to go this year, they had to improve significantly in two areas, red zone offense and red zone defense. Red zone defense was abysmal last year. Uh, they haven't allowed a touchdown yet this year, which is really encouraging, um, you know, even against, uh, you know, a couple of substandard teams and red zone offense has been uh, has been, you know, um, splendid. So uh, but those are two those are two things that I think are are really going to because, you know, in those big games, Ohio State, Duke, <laughs> USC, um, Clemson, um, when you get those opportunities, you have to put points on the board. You cannot miss field goals. You cannot go backwards. You cannot do what Clemson did Monday night against Duke because then you will lose. Um, They had the ball inside the 10 or five or whatever, gave it away, had two field goals blocked, ball game. Um, And, uh, you know, that's the margin of error is not nearly that um, that big in those kinds of games. So um, encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, with, Hartman being 24 years old, I mean, I know everybody's talking about that and that comes up all the time, but the reality of the matter is that that is a huge advantage 
for Notre Dame this season that they've not had in the past. And this is something that kind of gives, you know, there's always that game where you just don't seem to get it going and you don't connect offensively. And I think Hartman's the kind of guy that can eliminate a loss in that that situation because he's seasoned enough to know, you know, give what, take what they give you. Don't, don't try and press anything. Just go with whatever they give you. And that's going to be the difference in a game where we're not firing on all cylinders and whether that's against a Duke or a Pitt, um, it's going to happen or an NC state. I mean, those are, those are three trap games that you just, you know, you don't want us to look ahead. I mean, I know we got central Michigan after these guys, but Ohio state's looming. So it's just natural to be kind of looking ahead to that, but I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I I do think there'll be a little bit of adversity Saturday, but I do think that eventually we'll we'll plow through it. And, and because of the running talent that we've got in the second half, we'll be able to kind of wear it down a little bit and, and sneak out. But coffee, I'll turn it to you. Just the question first, um, because I kind of took a well-deserved nap for most of the second half. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, Tell me about what you guys saw. You guys have watched a lot of quarterback play over the years. What did what did Angeli look like? Did he pass the eye test? Did he look comfortable? Did he did he make good decisions? You know, did he did he look like a quarterback that could play at the Power Five level? I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I thought he made a couple good reads. I mean, you know, look. I mean, it was his first first snap at it, so I, I don't necessarily. But I certainly didn't see a huge drop off. I really didn't. No. I, I did not see that, that and I, I think that's the big, huge off. eye test. Is, I mean, was his I mean, that, did, he, did he move around? I thought it, I thought he was actually he was pretty good. I mean, the, the the one touchdown to oh I forget who he threw to, but flushed out of the pocket under duress, gets the ball out there, and for seven points, that's yeah. yeah. I did think I that, that you know I when, both touchdown passes he threw were sort of short passes and runs, but I'm not. Oh sure. yeah, yeah, that's what it was, but okay. Yeah, he yeah. found the outlet, and the outlet guy just went for forever and ever. So, okay, it, there were a couple of dropbacks where it looked like he was purveying the field and was shuffling his feet, and then let the ball fly. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think the good news is it certainly wasn't a huge drop off where you're like, oh my god, if yeah. Hartman goes down, we're in deep trouble. You know, I, yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I, mean, I did I, not I, feel I, that I, way. I think that now, it's, it, it's late in the game, so it's really hard to assess that, but. He certainly I mean, didn't. I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, if, if Hardman goes down, I mean, there's obviously some measure of concern, but I think Angeli going in there, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, 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 not a, it's not a total loss. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be a, a step down, but it's not just like a, a complete yeah. nosedive. Well, I think the I, other thing, I think the other thing is good. Um, that is, uh, you know, that sometimes we sort of overlook, and I blame this, I, I do blame this on, on Brian Kelly and, and, and Tommy Reese to a lesser extent, and you know, the, the various offensive uh, coaches over the years. But I think that um, this time, right now, the top three quarterbacks are stylistically very similar. You know, yeah. you don't have, right, you don't yeah. have this crazy difference between a, you know, um, whatever, a Zaire and a, you know, Kaiser. You know, you don't have this crazy difference between a book and a, you know, whatever. I mean, 
to me, um, you know, there don't have to be any significant sort of system changes or switches um, to, uh, you know, to continue to run the offense that you want to run. Um, you know, they both seem to have sort of similar athletic abilities. Um, they both seem to be comfortable being pocket passers, but they can use their feet if necessary, you know, those kinds of things. So yep. I think that probably makes it easier to coach the position and it makes it easier to, um, to prepare, you know, for a Hartman injury or for an issue. Um, if, uh, you know, when, when you've got these, these three guys and it sounds like, you know, car, you know, it sounds like they're recruiting, they know what they want in terms of their skill set, and, uh, they're not going to deviate too far into, you know, a statue that's just sits back there and throws or a guy that really struggles with the throw sometimes, uh, but has good wheels. You know what I mean? Like they, they kind of yep. seem to have found that, that balance, which is just, which is the quarterback of today. I mean, you've got to have those guys uh, that can, you know, make you a little worried about their, their legs while at the same time being an accurate passer with all the throws in their, in their quiver. So, um, so I think that's kind of encouraging as well. Yeah, I think it is. You won't see much change in the play calling if Angelic does have to come in. Cause I don't, I, like you say, I don't think it's a big difference. It's not a Tyler Buckner going to a, uh, you know, to, to a small, tiny athletic quarterback. I mean, it's the same exact stature. It's the same exact play calling. And I, I do think that if we get into that situation, God help us. I, I hope we don't, but, um, cause I really think there, this, the ceiling's very high. If Hartman stays healthy. Um, I, I mean, it's looking pretty good at the moment. Coffee, let's go to you first. Cause it's probably, we may not even do predictions with me and Ed. Might as well just, <laughs> We'll just go with whatever you say. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, it's kind of difficult because I don't necessarily think uh, NC State are world beaters. I think they're well coached. Their quarterback, and he's outstanding. But I think over the last couple of years, their talent has kind of crept down a little bit. So I, I think we have a talent advantage. And it remains to be seen how much of the experience they've picked up over the last two weeks playing against tomato cans is going to stay when all of a sudden the guy lining up across from them is a lot closer to their ability than they've had so far this year. I'm saying uh, 31-14. Okay, yeah. I mean, still pretty decent. Um, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, I, I do think that there's going to be a little bit adversity in that first half. Just because I think there's going to be a, a reality check there, a uh, little bit higher caliber of talent, a little bit of, a little bit of decent coaching. I think NC State's going to throw some stuff at us. You know, I, I think there's going to be some of that. And when you have a little bit better athletes, it's going to translate into stuff. But I, I do see us adjusting well, and I think middle of the third quarter we start to take control of the game and kind of pound them. So I, I think it's going to be more like a 38-17 final with you know the Irish pulling away in the fourth quarter there Ed what do you think yeah I kind of like that 38-17 score that sounds that sounds about right to me um you know at least they're not going to be um you know playing in a hurricane or a monsoon this trip to the Carolinas um yeah so the weather should be uh sort of a non-factor you know Notre Dame you know Notre Dame played well against North Carolina last year that was a game that they really played well 
Um, they've played well against uh, uh, these, you know, these ACC opponents. Um, we keep waiting for them to stub their toe to get tripped up. Um, but I don't think it's going to be this weekend. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they've, uh, I think these coaches are going to strike the right balance between, you know, uh, encouragement and setting a higher bar each week. Um, and this is, you know, you gotta like, you know, Lou Holtz, I always used to love how he would sort of create, uh, a one game season every week and, um, yep. sort of figure out, you know, figure out a way to make this the most important game in the, on the face of the earth. And that's kind of what you have to do, right? You have to sort of deconstruct, yeah. start all over again, and get them to peak um, on Saturday. And we'll see, you know. But I think this is a this is a coaching staff that feels pretty comfortable doing that. And you know, you go on the road for the first time against a quality opponent. Um, they will be uh, they will be in a very you know they'll be in a hostile environment. Um, but uh, you know, I like like every game on the road. Uh, take care of the football. You know, don't make dumb mistakes you know, get the ball in your playmaker's hands inside the red zone and, uh, you know, and everything should work out just fine. So I'll say, um, I'll say, I'll say 37 to 18. Okay. Well, as long as we get away with W, I'm happy with that. So I'll take that all day long, but I I do think it's going to be interesting um, especially right in the first quarter, there, there might be some little adversity there. If we get down 10 points, so be it, as long as we stick to our game, which, again, in the first two games, in terms of the discipline, it's been outstanding. So I don't see that dropping off all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, and I think that's the most encouraging thing because uh, the guys will stay to their form. They'll stay true to their responsibilities and um, I, and that being the case, I just can't see this ending up in a bad way for us. But like but, you said, uh, Mike, you know, balls can take funny bounces, and yeah, going to yep. be some adversity. So, yep. you know, to me, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, if you know if they win twenty seven twenty six, um, no, you know, as long as they it. win, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have this game where things don't click, and so be it. You just got to win. Um, every <laughs> single good team goes through this. Go look at the records of Alabama when they won national championships. There was always some game where things just didn't click, but somehow they won. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 2019 against Texas last year. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that that's going to be fascinating. But, yeah, I, I expect us to win. I, I think we head to Ohio State undefeated and everything rides on that game. And um, and I expect that to be a great football game. I really do. I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, um, and that'll that'll catapult things after that. It's going to be interesting. All right, good deal. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Edgerdanic, Mike Coffee. I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>